Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Welcome back to The Zone. Chanel Country Club for the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame Golf Tournament. Matt Harris joining us now. I'll turn his mic on when he gets through adjusting everything. Are you rookie? Yeah. It's been some years, man. It has. It's been some years. Uh, First of all, what what are you doing now? So everybody that's listening and they're like, Matt Harris, where is he now? Yeah. Yeah. Matt moved back to Dallas 2014. Um, Been in real estate the past five or so years in Dallas. It's been well. Um, have a two and a half year old and a three month old baby boy, baby girl. So feel like I hit the jackpot there. And yeah, it, a lot of life has happened since I left the natural state. But man, I, I'm not gonna lie, I miss it. Maybe not daily, but I pass a pine tree or something in Dallas, and I'm like, I'm going home, man. I need the hills. You've been gone for yeah a while. Yeah, almost nine, yeah, coming up to ten years. Now, when did you get into real estate? Because I remember you selling these yes. big sealed doors yeah. or yeah. gates. Yeah, that was the design world phase of my life after Arkansas. Who am I, basically? No, those were cool, uh, though. I was super cool. I Facebook but, I mean, and Twitter, and I'm yeah. like, oh, look at that. Man, I, I need one of those. I played, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, can Matt give I'm, me a good deal you, on one of those? Where were you back then? The answer would be no. Um, no, but, like, you know, I graduated... I played football and I graduated the degree in communication and I did that door deal and it was great. I'd do it all over again, but I definitely found my niche in real estate. It's, uh, it speaks to me. I remember being in Fayetteville West and I had moved houses every year and I loved it. I loved getting on my little scooter and just driving, getting lost and finding new little nooks and rivers and creeks and hills. And, uh, one time I used a real estate agent and they found a really cool house up on the hill outside town and i was like man that would seem like a cool job but i was so focused on football i didn't have any secondary interests and so once i got into it it it's before covid years before and um i was like man this this is kind of cool this is a niche now i don't obviously want to do certain phases of it forever but it's uh it's been it's been good it's helped me raise a family start a life in dallas and Maybe one day migrate to the Ozark. Hmm. Matt Harris with us. Yeah. Uh, how's your golf game? Golf game's decent. Very average. A.K.A. if I shoot anything in the 80s, I'm doing cartwheels off of 18. Okay. That's it. 89, that counts. Do you get to play having uh, two young kids? That's an oxymoron. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't play much. But, you know, these little charity tournaments and stuff in Dallas, I play every now and then. But yeah. nowhere near enough to say that I'm a good golfer. No. What was it like? Because we talked to your dad, and we'll have him on in a minute. What was yeah, it like well, for you watching your dad go into the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame? You know, it's funny. I I think now when I was a Razorback and I get interviewed and all these cameras and stuff, I'm like, what do you think of your dad? Do you feel any pressure? And I would just lie. And I'd say, no, no pressure. No, no, no. I'm me. He's, he's my dad. No pressure whatsoever. Yeah. There was 100% pressure. Every time someone asked me that, I felt it. I love the question now because he's my dad. I get to brag about it. So I got to be a son, a fan, a sports obsessor. You know, like I was sitting right next to Ray Lewis, right? Giant Ray Ray. You know, I was like moving him out of the way to give my dad a high five when they were like coming down. And uh, it was really cool. He went in with um, the old Arkansas safety, um, Atwater, Steve Atwater. And so just to see those guys and be in Canton and the 
you know, the hallowed grounds of football. I mean, just the legacy up there. It was pretty cool. You know, they they it was a red. They rolled out the red carpets for the families to drive us around, private tours, and so we got a pretty intimate look at Canton. And for every football fan out there, if they haven't been, it is good enough. It's one of those things that lives up to the hype. I loved the speeches. You know, to see, to hear the mindset of these guys. Um, it was really cool. Canton. You know, you have certain expectations, but. That was a high. That was a weekend that I, yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. Yeah, I got to really. go up when Jerry Jones went yeah. in, and so I was covering it for the TV stations, and it's pretty it surreal. Is. It, it, it is. It is. I. I guess I never. It was like not at the top, you know, one of those, yeah. uh, you know, things you check off. Yeah, right. It wasn't like I had to go. Sure. But once I went, I'm you like, realize. now yeah. you do need to go. That is something that yeah. football fans, NFL yeah. fans. It is. You need to put that on your bucket list to you go do. to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you really do. It's not something, to your point, like you don't go to bed and wake up dreaming about. Right. right. But um, when you go, you realize the magnitude yeah. of this game. It was. Just, it's a game, Wes. It's a damn game. You know, there's a lot more things in life that matter more than this game. But, you know, Cliff Harris is a great example. He's a hillbilly from Arkansas, man. He came out of the Caddo River and go to class at Washita. He'd tell me these stories when I was a kid. And then he would show me Super Bowl film. And I'm like, you know, guys like you are what the Hall of Fame are all, is all about. Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, first-round draft picks, you know, yay. Give them their applause because right. they were destined since they were 10 years old. But being up there with him and hearing his story and his speech compared to, like, Edron James, you know, like, oh, no one believed in me. Oh, no one believed in you. You were a five-star All-American since you were 14. Like, the Cliff Harris story embodies Canton and the legacy it starts for families. And, I mean, he changed our life, man. You know, I mean, I would be, and I love Arkansas. I'm trying to find a way back. But, I mean, I'd be born and raised in Arkansas. I'm a first-generation Texan. And that game, Canton, you go there like, oh, wow, like this thing changed the world. A lot of guys come through those halls. And it's a... Uh, it's pretty surreal. So you you don't remember your dad playing? I'm old no. enough. I remember yeah. watching your dad, and he and yeah. Charlie Waters. I mean, oh, I was yeah. huge fans yeah. of those guys. Yeah. Did you watch film of him? Did you? Oh, I yeah. mean, you you would go back and watch oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you're obsessed with your dad. As a little boy, dad's your hero. And one thing I realized somewhat slow in life was when other grown men would come up and they'd say, "Hey, your dad's my hero," and I was like, "Oh." Sure. I guess he's my hero, too. I, I didn't know we, like, shared heroes. I thought it was, like, my guy. Yeah. But then as I got older, I realized, you know, like you were saying, like the Charles, uh, Darren Woodsons of the 90s. I grew up with the same type. So yeah. I, I, I bonded with these fans who were fans of my dad because I was a fan of them. Uh, but he would put on old tapes. I mean, I credit, you know, I'm a decent athlete. Don't get me wrong. But, you know. There's some dudes that are just SEC ready at 12 years old. I wasn't one of those guys. I had to redshirt. I had to work hard, first one in, last one out. Um, but the way he used to teach me as kids was probably the reason why I got to Arkansas and I didn't play at a, you know, Washtenaw, something like that. So it was um, an experience of a lifetime to have a Hall of Famer who played 10 years, five of those years, in a Super Bowl. Um, teaching you about technique and angles and mindset and reading the quarterback and what that offensive coordinator is going to do. I mean, there's so much of success in football is straight-up preparation and mentality. 
I used to tell guys all the time, there's guys at Washita and UCA 10 times more athletic than me, stronger than me, faster than me, but I'll beat them the ball, I'll have a better mindset, I'll I have my edge. My edge was my dad watching film when I was a kid, honestly, yeah. it really was. A gym rat, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if anyone comes up to you and says, oh, I deserve to be successful because I work so hard, kick him out of the room. No doubt. That's a prerequisite. If you don't work hard, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Talent plus working hard plus perseverance because even the best, you have to play Alabama every year. One of my favorite stories to tell people when they talk about football is like, well, you know, what's it like? I'm like, you know, a metaphor of life is you can be the first one in, last one out. You can watch more film. You can work hard. You can want it more. And you still go out there and you get your tail kicked by Alabama. Yeah. And then you got to play Auburn next week or Georgia or Florida. Do you want it? And a lot of successful, good athletes – Coach Nutt used to bring um, guys from the federal prison every year in two-a-days to talk about stories and stuff because they were like former athletes and they made bad life decisions. And he's like, guys, there's more talents in the street and in prison than there is in locker rooms. Meaning like, hey, it's not just talent. you got to persevere through hurdles. You know, you lose a bad game and you want to make a bad decision. Um, the locker room really molded who I was and you know it, it was just a cool experience to have those times and those coaches bring them in and then you know my dad who he was it was always it kept me straight you know I loved football for what it was but I was telling DJ um, I brought him today to play and I was like you know I went to his house earlier and he's got like a gym workout in his house and he has just everything out there I'm like man I miss just getting in it and I'm, I was one of those guys, Wes, that I loved practice. I loved the weight room. I didn't like getting up early. I didn't like getting yelled at. And there was hard times about it. But um, I think the common thread between successful people is they dig the struggle. They have to, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter who you are or what you do, sports, business, sales, doesn't matter. Um, you're going to lose at some point. And that's the opportunity to build your character and that's what's the great thing about sports that's what i love to be in a razorback i didn't deserve to be in that locker room with guys like darren mcfadden felix jones dj williams i mean i wasn't all american all sec but i was all hog and that's who houston recruited yeah was two stars and he turned them into five stars you uh still talked to coach Knight? oh yeah oh yeah i saw him a couple of weeks ago he played at my dad's little charity tournament annually we get to play once a year um, in Dallas, and his daughter is in Dallas um, making some announcements here. Goodness. Um, Are they? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell. They need to turn down the screaming, I can understand. But I, I've never heard this before in all my I years. I know. Wow. I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, yeah I still stay in touch with Coach Nudd, and um, it's a pretty cool relationship. I'm sitting there having lunch with my dad and athletic director Coach Sharp, and some of his guys that he met in 1966 as freshmen. And, um, you know, DJ and I have that relationship. I have that with a handful of other guys. And to have that with my head coach, Houston Nutt. Um, That's cool. You know, when you're 18, you're a kid, Wes. I didn't realize, you know, everyone on the message boards, y'all listen to me right now. Get off these kids, man. They're kids. They can't buy beer. They can, Some of them can't even smoke cigarettes. Darren McFadden came in as a 17-year-old. And, you know, the head coach is really important to have a relationship with that. I mean, my dad and his coach, buddy Bob Benson at Washita, were close to the day he died. And it's one of the coolest things I see um, with a, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion, NFL Hall of Fame father was these Washita guys. Yeah. You know, he is a pure 
just like human spirit. He's just a guy with these guys, and it's it's pretty cool to see. You still talk with uh, Coach Petrino? You know, I haven't talked to him since, let's see, December 28, 2009. You're kidding me. Not a word. Never talked to him since that Liberty Bolt day Wes, before the Liberty That Bowl. shouldn't surprise you. I don't want to come on here and talk bad about anybody, but I'm not I'm not a bad guy. I'm not an unsocial guy. I haven't fallen off the face of the earth since that Liberty Bowl. I was a kid. And was it a mistake? Yeah, the first person I called was my dad in there for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, for him to have defined my career like that, I've had to redefine who I was. And and it's helped make me. Remember that fall down, you get beat stuff, right? right? It's not all talk. Yeah. you got to live it. And to not have a word with that guy since that day, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't surprise me. If I see him again, I've thought about what I'd say. Um and I still, I still don't have a good sentence to say to that guy. Not in a negative. I don't mean like I, he doesn't deserve my time. I just, I think a cat would catch my tongue. I wouldn't know what to say to Bobby Petrino if I saw him. You know, I saw Dennis Nutton here, Houston. I knew his whole family. His daughter Haley's in Dallas. Um, you know that when I get my son recruited in 16 years, that's what I'm going to look for is the locker room and the relationship like that. And Bobby's a hell of a football coach those hogs better be ready for a&m if they you know say what you want about him as a human but as an offensive coordinator i mean he may put him on the map again which i don't like uh, but there's more to success in football than those x's and o's and the, your question kind of led to that you know have you said anything i don't have his number he didn't have mine he you know never hmm. liked I would say he never liked me, Wes, but I think it was bigger than that, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, yeah. Well, he's here. He's, you want to talk to him? I'm kidding. Oh, my God. I was like, <laughs> I thought that was him. I turned and I was like, this is my moment on air. This is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> look oh, Wes. On your face. Uh, awesome. I wish you had a picture of my face. Oh, that. my gosh. I'll have it in my mind. I'll, I'll never forever. forget, you know. My dad saw Coach Robinson, Willie, uh, our defensive coordinator at the time, some years after it. And he went up there and he, like, I can't really say what he said to him on air, but he was just messing with him. And Willie got ghost white and he thought he was serious. Uh, and it was just a game, you know? Like, at, Liberty Bowl was awesome, but it was so cold that day. I feel like I won on that one. <laughs> it was. We were taping. It's the worst. We were taping our ear pad holes so the wind wouldn't come through. It was that cold. Our ears oh. were just getting daggered with cold air. I mean, it was awful. I uh, was in the press box, you know, yeah. covering the That's game. That's nice. But I had to go outside to yeah. do live shots. Yeah. And, man, miserable. No, and I'm, 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 I'm talking. I'm out there for like four minutes. Yeah. And I thought I had well, frostbite on my face, and I'm covered head to toe. I know. It was. T- I don't know how I they know. did it. And the fans who I know. stuck the fans it that out, stuck it out. I was like, good for y'all. Go I mean, Hawks. when we went back to the hotel, we saw so many people oh. who left at halftime. Yeah. And normally, I would have been like, you guys, that's not that's good. Not right. You're not. Yeah. Good. No, I was like, I got I you. Agree. I, I wish you. I was That's there. the worst conditions I've ever seen. I know. It looked like a, a duck blind. Everyone was in their camo. You know, no one was in their Razorback red. It was so cold. But, you know, I, 
I think about that from time to time. And that game, I had some players come up to me afterwards, and some teammates, and they were like, Matt, we didn't care if Tejada made or missed that kick. We just wanted to get off that field. <laughs> you were the winner. Yeah, that's kind of what, that's the joke amongst yeah, my teammates. The then. I was like, hey, Matt, you won that game. Right? Hey, well, you said something, but you're wrong. It didn't d- define your career. That, yeah. that moment did well, not appreciate define that. your career. I appreciate that. It's a part it's a of part. your career, yeah. but that's not who you yeah. are. And yeah, no. I would never think, yeah. oh, Matt Harris. That's the guy who, yeah. you know, from the Liberty. Oh, well, no, that's not. Yeah, but, you know, there, there's people out there that think that, Wes. And, um, well, you know, the son of Cliff Harris. From I've had people like or dislike me my entire life since I was three feet high Yeah. because of that reason. So it was nothing new to me. It doesn't feel good. I was serious about the people on the message boards. Give these guys a break because uh, you don't know them. You don't know what they're going through and the story that really goes behind, stuff like that. People ask me all the time the real story behind that night, and very, very select few know it. But it's a... Uh, so you don't want to tell it it's on the It's kind radio. of a Razorback story. No, okay. I, I can't do it, man. It's, maybe one day? Maybe one day. Maybe so one I want day. that story, yeah. and when you yeah. talk to Petrino for the first yeah. time, I want that story. Yeah, and I, I look forward to it. I don't I don't want people out there thinking that I, like, hold. Right. It's not healthy, literally. I mean, scientifically speaking, it's not healthy to hold a grudge. So I don't wake up and go to bed every night, you know, being like, oh, Bobby Petrino. But um, I do, I, I would like to see him. I would genuinely like to talk to him as a man. You know, you were a boy when you got, like, disciplined by these coaches. But as a man, a young man now and a father and a disciplinarian, I was disciplined very harshly by my father in good ways, right? Not, like, mm-hmm. in an abusive way. But, like, I knew what I, I – I know there's anything right or wrong. I know who I am, no doubt about it. And I know that I can make a mistake just like anyone else. But I would love to talk to Bobby and say, hey, you know, hey, coach, let's, let's have a beer. Let's talk about this. I'd love to hear his thoughts now. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stories out there with two sides. And I'd like to hear the other side, honestly. Yeah. You know, I haven't said a word to him since. And you said you had nothing to talk about. I know. This has been great. Well, heck, that's a great question. Have you talked to Houston? Uh, absolutely. Talk to him, not daily, but probably once a month. I mean, we, we stay in touch. Um, and I never have thought of that. I haven't heard a word from Petrino since Memphis, honestly. It's got, I never, you know, it's been, what, 12 years, 13 years, crazy to think how time just goes, but not a word in 13 years. You would have thought I bumped into him or get a call. Cause I coached for a year, you know, at Tech, and um, had some opportunity to coach with coaches that had coached with him in the past, too, and it's just a weird deal, man. He's a... He's an interesting character. I think we knew that hiring him, the way he left Atlanta and came to us and the way he left here is just, you kind of feel for him, you know, but not anymore. Now he's with A&M. Now he can get beat 50-0 to zero for all I care. <laughs> I hope we do. I hope A we lot pour of people it on feel him, that man. way. I hope we pour <laughs> Aggies, man. I hope we pour it on him. I Matt, we do. thank you. Yeah, Glad man. you stopped by. Yeah, this was this was good. You scared the dog out of me when you said Petrino. I did get the heart rate. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. But I love Arkansas. I love my hogs, and it's always good coming back, man. This is home for sure. Glad you're back. Yeah. Text me when you talk to Petrino. Yeah, I will. Or when you're ready to talk about the uh, night of the Liberty. Yeah, Day. yeah. That'll be. We'll get you back. Yeah, that'll be for a different day, I guess. Yeah, let another couple of ten years. Yeah, go let by. another decade go by, yeah. and maybe one day. Before we get old, old, then old, you tell old. those yeah. stories, and yeah. Not, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm not what there. What are you gonna yet. do now? You right. Know? Exactly. <laughs>
All right, man. See you. Yeah, good seeing you, Matt. Matt Harris joining us.